4: You're listening to the new Mutual Audio Network.
5: Welcome home. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance recommended.
2: It's season 13 of the Sonic Summer Stock Playhouse. Performing through the summer months, The Sonic Summerstock Playhouse is presented by the Sonic Society for the Mutual Audio Network and features producers and actor troops from the modern age of audio drama who recreate and reproduce classic old-time radio plays. The Playhouse endeavors to bring shows to a contemporary audience for the love of the medium and not in any intended form of copyright infringement and now we go to our host of the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse on stage now Mr. David Alt.
0: Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to our 13th season here in Halifax, Nova Scotia, home of the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse. Welcome, thank you, thank you. Welcome. I am your host, David Alt. We have another phenomenal double feature this week, beginning with Bad Day at Black Rock from Larry Groby's Project Audion. So please sit back, relax, and invite our players to the stage.
6: You know in 1949, radio was riding high, a pop culture medium at its peak, while just ten years later, it was on life support, gasping for breath. Hi, I'm Larry Groby of the Generic Radio Workshop, and this is what killed it. Little TV screens like this one. As soon as people got TVs, watching the radio seemed less than ideal. And so, by show, radio drama started withering away. The well of great anthology audio series like Screen Directors Playhouse and Lux Radio Theater dried up, in America at least. Dramatic radio became a ghost town, where fewer and fewer listeners bothered to stop anymore. But in countries like Britain and Australia, radio held on. In Australia, for instance, the Caltex Radio Theatre continued its own adaptations of Hollywood movies in the Lux manner until 1960. Caltex was a big corporate sponsor, the Australian version of Texaco, and Caltex Radio Theatre was a prestige show. They did audio adaptations of everything from big productions like Forbidden Planet to small searing dramas like Bad Day at Blackrock. That was a 1955 film from MGM starring Spencer Tracy in an Oscar nominated role as a man who stepped off of a train and into small town trouble. So imagine it's 1959. (laughs) Settle into your chair and listen as Project Audion's coast to coast cast spends the next hour in (laughs) Bad Day at Black Rock.
0: Welcome to the Caltex Theatre. A full hour of dramatic entertainment broadcast over a nationwide network of stations throughout Australia. The Caltex Theatre is brought to you by Caltex Oil, marketers of over a thousand outstanding petroleum products in association with Caltex dealers and distributors everywhere. <laughs> Caltech Theater presents Bad Day at Black Rock, specifically adapted from the outstanding Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer drama which on the screen featured an all-star cast headed by Spencer Tracy and including Robert Ryan, Ernest Borgnine and Anne Francis. Bad Day at Black Rock is the story of a man with a mission, a quiet gentleman who came to a small California town to pay a debt and found himself faced with suspicion and hostility. But Blackrock was to learn that the gentleman also had a will of iron. The Caltex Theater presents Bad Day at Blackrock, Act One.
4: What do you know? Hey,
3: the train's stopping!
4: Ain't stopped here four years. Something's wrong here. Something wrong. Thank you,
5: conductor. Oh, thank you, sir. <laughs> Don't they look robe-gone and far away? I'll huh? <laughs> only be here 24 hours. A place like this? That could be a lifetime. Good
6: luck, Mr. McCready.
5: You, uh, you from Black Rock? That's right!
4: Uh, there must be some mistake. Uh, I'm Hastings, the telegraph agent. Nobody told me the train was stopping. They didn't? I just said they didn't. And they ought to. What I want to know is, why didn't they? Probably didn't think it was important. Important? It's the first time the Streamliners stopped here in four years! Uh, You being met? uh, You visiting folks or something? I mean, uh, what do you want? I want to go to
5: Dobie Flat! Any cabs available? Doby Flat? Uh, no cabs, no. Is the hotel open? I asked, is the hotel open?
4: Uh, uh, yeah, uh, up the road there.
1: Thank you. What did you say, Hastings? Asked for Doby Flat, did he? Okay. Okay, thanks for calling. What was it? Some strangers in town. Uh, Yes, mister? You want something? Afternoon. I'd like a room. Um, I'm, uh, we're all filled up. Ah.
5: Uh, any idea where I oh, might- This is
1: 1945, mister. There's been a war on, and rooms are hard to get when wars are around. Seems I remember it ending a couple of months ago. Oh, yeah, okay. But the O.P.A. lingers on. You don't know about the O.P.A. No, you tell me. Well, for establishments with less than 50 rooms, hotel keepers gotta report regularly about, uh, about tenants and... and registration. Uh, there are penalties imposed. Uh, yep. Oh, hey, hey now, you can't look in that register without- uh, Lots uh, of
5: blank space in these pages, and that can mean only one thing. You got rooms. Give me a key.
1: They're every one of them locked up. Some are showrooms for cattle buyers, feed salesmen. The others, they're spoken for. Rented to cowboys, ranch hands. They pay by the month. For when they come into town, we provide for their every wish and comfort. Uh, you understand?
5: I'll take this key. Room four, I think. Is that okay with you?
1: Now, look, you can't I hope so. Now,
5: just to make it all nice and formal... Uh, 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 uh... There! I've signed your register for you. Uh, uh, uh... Well, now, uh, I'd like to have a bath.
1: Where is it? Uh, at the... Head of the stairs.
5: Thank you. Oh, uh, don't worry about my bag. I can carry it myself. (laughs) Not that I suppose you were gonna worry about it.
1: Who is he, Pete? Uh, John J. McCready, Los Angeles. I want to know everything he does, Pete. Phone calls, mail. Uh Uh-huh. And in the meantime? In
0: the meantime? I'll crowd him a little. See if he's got any iron in his
1: blood.
5: Hi. I guess maybe you're in the wrong room. You think so? What else you got in your mind? Oh,
0: nothing, I guess. Uh, if you had half of mine, you'd have paid attention to what Pete downstairs said. He said, this room is for us cowboys. For our every
5: wish and comfort. And this one is yours, I guess. When I'm in
0: town. And I'm in town. And a fool can see. You can see that, can't yeah, you? Yeah,
5: I guess so. Uh, You must have been waiting for me here for some time. Sorry you had to wait so long. I was uh, enjoying my bath. Would, uh, Would you mind if I sort of got my things together and found another room? Oh,
0: not at all. But if you really wanted this room, we could maybe settle this claim without all this talk. I mean, I believe a man's nothing unless he stands up for what is rightfully his. What do
5: you think? Mmm, yeah. Guess so. You guess so. But you still ain't claiming this room? No, I guess not. You
0: got all the time guessing, ain't you? All the time. Don't you know anything?
5: Well, I know that ever since I got off the train, everybody's been needling me. Why? (laughs) I guess I rightly don't know. I guess that makes it that neither of us knows anything much. Well, I'll be moved into a new room soon. I'm sorry to have disturbed yours here.
1: Then he just picks out a key, signs the register, and walks up the stairs. Oh, I wish he hadn't come here, Doc. That could only mean trouble, and I don't like trouble. I say he's a cop. You ever see a cop with a stiff arm like he's got? Maybe he's just making out. I I mean, maybe his arm's alright. Maybe he was just hanging on to something tight in his pocket. Like what? A pistol? A stick of TNT? (laughs) So he can blow up
2: this whole mangy, miserable town? Well, uh... He's got a bad arm. Bad hand, too. Maybe. Just wants to keep it hidden in his pocket.
1: Oh, uh, that's him. Probably coming downstairs again.
5: Do you sell cigarettes here?
1: Um, how
5: long are you staying? Where? In my new room. Well, I'm staying. I mean, in the 24 hotel. Twenty-four hours. Why?
1: I uh, uh, I was just asking.
5: Why? You gonna have a convention here? I was just asking. Uh huh. The cigarettes. I'm
2: gonna open that pack for you.
5: <laughs> no well, one hand's enough to do that thanks okay now where where would I rent a car here
1: i uh I don't know oh, oh well
5: if if supposing I had a car and I wanted some gas, where would I go? You don't have a car, I' try their
2: garage down the end of the street. <sighs>
5: Thanks, that's a help. I'll see what I can do down there.
1: And he signed the register, Mr. Smith, and went upstairs. Just now, a minute or so ago, maybe, just before you came in, he went out, heading for the garage.
7: Yeah, I saw him on the way. John J. McCready, huh? Yeah. Where's Coley?
1: Oh, I think he's still, uh... Calling me? Yeah, where you
0: been? <laughs> Upstairs, talking to the stranger. Been thinking about him. Yeah. He's cool. Real cool, that fella. I I, I was trying to give him a, a push, see? Thought I should, uh... And he
7: doesn't push easy, huh?
0: Well, that's it. That's just it. He pushes
7: too easy. You know, maybe we oughta... Doc? Huh? Oh, I didn't notice you sitting there, Doc. What are you doing trying to hide? Nope.
2: No need for me to hide from anyone. Just sitting around. Sitting and wondering what all you people are worried about.
7: You wonder too much and talk too much, Doc. It's a bad parley.
2: I hold no truck with silence. I got nothing to hide.
7: What are you trying to say?
2: Nothing, man. It's just that you worry about this stranger. Only if you look at him from a certain aspect.
7: And how do you look at him, Doc? With the
2: innocence of a fresh laid egg.
7: Keep it up, Doc. Make make bad jokes. Be funny. Someday I'll have Coley wash her mouth out with lye soap. And you, Coley... Seems to me you've now started to get nervous about our visitor, huh? Well, I, I, I Don't you, I, get I, too I, nervous too fast. That's what I ask of you. Hey, well, I don't like it.
0: I don't understand
7: him. Well, why he came
0: here? Maybe he's just passing through. Yeah, his manner spells trouble. Yeah, that's what I say. Yeah, we ought gotta, we gotta to see him. All of us. You should see him,
7: boss. You should talk to the guy. Find out. What'll I talk to him about? The birds, the bees, the crops, the weather? You tried talking to him, where to get you? I just got to... You just thought. Well, what'll we do then? What'll you do? You'll wait, just like Pete here. That right, Pete? And that's all you'll do, Coley. And while you wait, yeah. Maybe I will talk to him.
1: Maybe I will. Um uh, uh Uh yeah? Okay. Hastings again. He said he just saw McCready going into the jail. What do you suppose he'd want to talk to the sheriff about?
8: Oh! Hey! Hey! Hold it, friend. Hold it. Uh, uh, I ain't hankering to get locked up up in my own jail.
5: Oh, 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 I thought you were a guest. You lying there asleep and the door is open? I I thought you were a guest.
8: No, no, as it happens, I'm the host. (laughs) Oh, oh, uh, you, uh, you want to snort?
5: So, oh, no thanks.
8: Oh, I don't blame you. It's awful. What are you looking at? You tell me. Oh, <laughs> well, I, I ain't always this bad. It's just that me and my pal, Doc Vealy, we, uh, we did a little celebrating. What
5: were you celebrating?
8: Uh, you name it, mister. That's what we were celebrating. <laughs> <sighs> Anyhow, what do you want?
5: Uh, my name is McCready. I came in on the streamliner.
8: You what?
5: Yeah, I, I know. It's the first time it's stopped here in four years. What I want is a little information. I don't have to go to a place called Adobe Flat.
8: This ain't no information bureau. You know, there's one thing about Black
5: Rock. Everybody is so polite. Makes for a very gracious living.
8: Mm. Well, nobody asked you here.
5: How do you know? Well, what about Doobie Flat? I'm looking for a man called Kamako. Wha- what? Ooh! <laughs> I got it. Almost a disaster. You nearly smashed your bottle.
8: Yeah. Yeah. Fate worse than death. You move fast for a crib... <clears throat> for a big man.
5: What about Kamako?
8: Yeah. Yeah. Now, now, if there ain't any more questions, friend, I'll get back to my drinking. You'll excuse me.
4: Yeah, okay.
8: I hope you don't mind letting yourself out.
5: No. Mr. McCready. You know, (laughs) those are the first
7: pleasant words I've heard since I got here. My name is Smith, I own the Three Bar Ranch. I I want to apologize for some of the people in town. They act like they're
5: sitting on a keg.
6: A keg, of what?
8: Oh, I
5: don't know, diamonds, gunpowder. Oh, it's nothing like that. We're suspicious of strangers, that's all. A hangover from the old days. The Old West. Oh, yeah, well, I, I thought the tradition of the Old West was hospitality.
7: Well, I'm trying to be hospitable, Miss McCready. You gonna be around long?
5: Oh, could be. Uh-huh. Well, how'd you
7: like to go hunting tomorrow?
5: Yeah, I'd be proud to have you as my guest. No, thanks. I'm afraid I can't.
7: Ah, because your arm, I suppose. You know, I knew a man who lost an arm in a threshing accident. He used to hunt all the time. He was quite a man. He, uh, uh, I'm sorry. I mean, uh, well, if there's anything I can do while you're
5: around. No, 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 I I don't think so, thanks. I was just looking for a, uh, uh, no, no, it it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. Looking for what, Mr. McCready? Well, I, I was looking for a man named Kamako. Kamako, huh?
7: Yeah, that's him. Sure, I remember him. Japanese farmer. Yeah, he never had a chance. Huh? Well, he got here in '41, just before Pearl Harbor, and three months later they shipped him off to one of those relocation centers.
5: Tough. You don't happen to remember which one did they send him to, do you? Who knows? Why don't you try writing him? Oh no, I, I've already written. They don't forward my letters. They keep sending them back. They do, huh? Yeah, they do. Oh. Who's this? Hmm? The the girl in the jeep. Oh, that's Liz Worth,
7: sister of the young fella behind the reception counter at the hotel. She's pretty. Yeah. Liz is a pretty gal.
3: Hi.
5: Need any help with that can?
3: I can manage.
5: Well, I... I I need a little help. I'd like to rent your jeep.
3: It'll be two dollars an hour, gas extra, and ten dollars for my time.
7: Why don't you ask him where he wants to go,
5: Liz?
3: Well, where do you want to go?
5: They'll be flat. Is the road well marked?
3: Uh... yeah, it's about six, seven miles down.
5: Oh, that's fine. Then I won't need your time.
3: Well, I thought you might need a little help.
5: No, 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 no. I'll I'll get along fine, thank you. Here's the money. Um, Liz,
7: do you have a license to rent cars? You might get into trouble giving him the jeep
5: without a license to rent.
3: I. Uh.
5: I won't say a word to the sheriff. Um. Uh, when can I take it? Now?
3: Uh. Yeah. I suppose... Good! Yeah. You've hired it, mister. You take it whenever you want. Fine. Thanks.
5: I won't be gone very long. I'll drop it back here when I'm finished. Uh, The garage. You have the garage? You know, I was down there uh, a while ago. I couldn't find anybody around. Anyway, I'll get it back there safe and sound later on. I'll see you, friends.
7: You shouldn't have done that, Liz. You shouldn't have let him have it.
3: I thought it would be better if you went out there and got done with it. What could he find out? I wouldn't do anything to hurt you, Reno. You know that.
7: Liz, this is liable to be the hardest $10 you've ever earned in your life.
8: Tim. Oh, 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 Mr. Smith. Sorry, I was having a little lie down and a drink.
7: McCready, that fellow that just got into town. What did he want here with you?
8: McCready. Oh yeah, McCready. He asked about Kamako. You think he'll kick up a storm, Mr. Smith? A storm? What about? I don't know. All I know, I don't want no trouble around here. Never again
7: trouble you don't know anything about kamako do you no i do not that's the point well the point is what you don't know won't hurt you tim you got the body of a hippo but the brain of a rabbit now don't overtax it
8: yes mr smith whatever you say
4: Smith here? Yeah, what is it, Hastings? Uh, Mr. Smith, I got a reply to that wire you had me said in Los Angeles. Uh here you are.
0: What does it say?
4: Uh Mr. Smith's friend, uh, he never heard of him. That's what he says. Uh he's checked, and there's no John J. McCready. No listing, no record, no information, uh, no nothing.
1: Uh, well. Where does that leave us now? Right where we were before, I reckon. Ah, that's McCready. I think he's a nothing,
0: a nobody. Is he? Well, I've been thinking it over about him. I guess maybe we could get too scared too quick. There's,
7: there's nothing to worry about with that fella. Isn't there? Oh, you've got brains you have, Coley. Yeah, well, where could he find out? A Kamako? Suppose he finds out. What of it? A nobody like MacReady can raise a pretty big stink. But the point is, who'd miss a nobody like MacReady, huh? Say if he just, uh, disappeared. Who, Coley?
1: Dude, you mean... kill him? Why, well, you can't do that. He's not an animal.
7: Well, listen to the little spitfire. You miserable little toad. I'm trying to save your neck. And if I don't, who will? Well, all I'm Tim trying to... with or the doc, your sister with the rocks in her head... Still, there's one thing about your sister. She's got twice the guts you have. You're only fit for running away. And it's too late for that. You're in this as much as anybody, Pete, and you ain't running no place.
1: Well, I was... God. Uh, Oh, forget it.
7: All right, then. So, we gotta do some careful thinking and planning. We gotta take steps to protect ourselves from this nosy character. And I got a little plan right now that could protect us in just the way the doctor ordered.
2: Oh, oh. Uh. Man, you're giving yourself punishment with that stuff.
8: Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> That's me, Doc. Always punishing <laughs> my poor little tum-tum. <laughs>
2: Saw Smith pay you a little visit not too long ago. Yeah. Seems like the jailhouse has become a popular place. First McCready, then Smith, now me. Guess you haven't had so many visitors here in a coon's age.
8: Oh. Smith can go find himself a new boy for sheriff. I don't mind telling you, Doc, someone else can take it on. I can't take another day of it. If you're a sheriff, they gotta respect you. Otherwise, you can't do your job. They just laugh.
2: Uh Uh-huh. Well, I don't laugh, Tim.
8: Why don't you? Oh, cut it out. Oh, Oh, well, you should. I guess everyone should laugh at me. Tim the Plaster Sheriff of Black Rock. (laughs) Ha, ha,
2: you get a hold of yourself. You snap out of this. You're going to get yourself a complex or something behaving like this.
8: Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. I done my job. If I'd have checked up and found out what happened... (sighs) Well, now, but it didn't. So, no, sir.
2: Well, what could you have found out? They told you a story. You had to believe it.
8: Would you believe it?
2: Huh? I I don't know. I live a quiet, contemplative life.
8: Me? I didn't even try to find out. Don't you understand? You know, when you're wearing this badge, you're the law. When somebody does something against the law, you're supposed to do something about it. But me? I did nothing. That's what's eating me. What kind of prescription you got for that, Doc? How can you cure a sheriff who knows he should have made some arrests but didn't?
2: I know what the prescription for that is, Tim. But one thing: don't quit a sheriff. Ah. Stick with it. Maybe you'll find the prescription for yourself. Maybe McCready'll find it for you. <laughs>
5: place, Dolby Flat, and I had a pretty- what?
0: now. See? keeps keeps just moving off.
1: Yeah, yeah, I see him.
0: <laughs> we'll catch up to him in a minute.
1: <laughs> but he's
0: got a brain.
1: You gotta give him that. He's got a brain. I wish I hadn't come. Huh? I wish he hadn't made me come with you. I don't like this. The man might get killed and then... Hey, hey,
0: hey, Petey boy, that's what Coley's gonna try to do. Okay? Okay? Now, you he, he heard it all. I, I, I'm gonna force him off the road I'm, uh, uh, off a cliff. Seven miles. Chloe, let's go back. We go on. Please, it, it, it's not right. It's just... You know, just... we got to protect ourselves, see? Protect ourselves at all costs. Smith said, now you sit tight, baby boy. Here we go. That nearly turned him over there. Coley! <laughs> Please, Please Coley! Shut up, you yellow-bellied little rat! <laughs> Move over, Roadhog! <laughs> Move over! I'll follow you, McCready. Get to Seven Mile Bend. He goes over the side of the hill. See, just swings off the high road. Slides down the hill. Gets into the low road and goes merrily on his way. (laughs) Neat that. Didn't think he'd get that idea.
7: Never would have thought of it myself. So, we don't get him. Why are you crazy? Ah, well, I guess it couldn't be helped. Okay. And the kid's here. He was
0: almost whimpering. He was so scared. Don't do it, Coley.
1: Let's go back, Coley. Ah! Well, I don't like killing. Not that sort of killing. I just don't.
8: Well, what is it?
1: Look, can you see? Coming along the road now. McCready, coming straight along here to the hotel. Well, I'm not staying here to face him. You can if you want to, but I never want to face him again. And by the look on his face, if I were you, I'd get out of here quick smart too.
0: (laughs) And so the curtain falls on act one of tonight's Caltex play. Bad Day at BlackRock. In a moment, we commence Act Two. Anywhere
3: you travel, motorists agree.
0: Motorists agree that Caltech's butane-boosted gasolines take better care of your car's performance. You get faster starts, smoother acceleration, more economical running. Change to Caltech's butane-boosted gasoline and feel the difference. The Caltex Theatre now presents Joe McCormick in Bad Day at Blackrock, Act Two.
7: Stay where you are, Pete. Stay there.
1: Uh, uh, uh... Yes, Mr. Smith.
7: Oh. You ready for him, Coley?
1: Oh yes. I'm ready for him.
0: Well, well, well. If it isn't McCready, the world's champion roadhog. Yeah. It's a small world, isn't it? Yeah, but such an unfriendly one. Now why did you want to crowd me off in the road? Oh,
5: I'm sorry if I've incurred your displeasure. My car outside, the front end, all mashed in. Anything at all I can do to make up for the damage caused to your car. You ought to be careful, man. All that one-armed driving. I'd be glad to pay for the
0: damages. It's a threat to life and limb. Yeah, but fortunately, no one was hurt. Now... You could get yourself killed that way, nosing all over the countryside.
5: Yeah, I guess I was lucky not to have been killed. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you won't have to worry about my welfare anymore. Hey, boy! Yeah? You still expecting that convention? What? If you're expecting any extra cowboys, my room is available as from now. You're checking out? That's right, yeah. Any trains through here
1: tonight? Um... Well, there's, uh... Mr. Smith,
5: uh, would you know of any through here tonight?
7: Oh, well, the uh, Streamliner tomorrow morning will be the
5: first train through here. I see. How about a bus, then? Could I get a bus out of here?
7: Closest stop is Sand City, 32 miles away. You're in such a hurry,
5: you should have never got off here. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you. Now, excuse me, I'll go pack my things. Uh, Hey! Why, you... Holy. Uh Not yet. Not just yet. There'll be
7: a better time than this. A much better time.
3: If you're looking for the keys to that Jeep, McCready, they're not there. Anything else I can do for you?
5: Where would you suggest I look for the keys?
3: The Jeep's not for rent.
5: It was, was just a few hours ago.
3: Things change in this garage.
5: They sure do. And Smith is the kid who changes them, isn't he?
3: I don't know what you mean. What's
5: the matter with this town of yours?
3: There's nothing wrong with this town, nothing that concerns you anyway.
5: Then why is everybody so concerned about me? What did your brother do here? What's he so afraid of?
3: What do you care What do you care about Black Rock?
5: I don't care anything about Black Rock. Only it just seems to me that there aren't many towns like this in America. Oh, but one town like it is enough. And because I think something kind of bad happened here, Miss Worth. I don't know what you're talking about. But I know this much. The rule of law has left here, and the guerrillas have taken over.
3: Oh? And... Don't try to steal that key, Mr. McCready. It isn't the key to the Jeep. This is the key. The one I have in my hot little hand, and you aren't getting it. Sorry, but I have to leave you now. You can stay here at the garage if you want until you figure out what to do with yourself. See you, Mr. McCready.
7: Miss Worth running away from you, McCready, must seem like it to any casual observer such as yourself. Yeah, McCready, I'd like to ask you a few questions while you're
5: around. Yeah, well, as you can see, I'm uh, around all right. So I guess you probably heard that Miss Worth is no longer in the car rental business. Good. I
7: wouldn't want to see that gal get into any trouble. Wouldn't. Well,
5: what with rental permits, gas rationing, you know what I mean. Sure, I know. I certainly admire your sturdy sense of responsibility. Yeah, it's just that that girl has a future. Instead, would you let's talk about my future? <laughs> you think you have the time? I don't seem to be going anyplace. I hear you handle a Jeep real well. Yes, yes, well, I have a way... With jeeps. It's a
7: certain familiarity. Hmm. I think I understand. You're an army man, aren't you? Where was your arm knocked out of action? Italy. That's tough. I tried to enlist myself the day after them rats bombed Pearl Harbor. What stopped you? The physical. They wouldn't take me. The morning after Pearl, I was the first man in line at marine recruiting in Sand City, and they wouldn't take me. That's What do you do in Los Angeles, Mr. McCready? I'm retired. You're a pretty young man to be retired. Well, you might say I
5: was forced into retirement. What were you looking for in Dolby Flat? Well, like I told you, I was looking for a fella named Kamako. But like you told me, he wasn't there.
7: (laughs) What's so funny? Nothing. Just that I don't believe you. Oh, well, that's too bad. I believe a man's as big as what he's seeking. I believe you're a big man, Mr. McCready. Flattery will get you nowhere. What would a man like you be looking for a lousy Japanese farmer? Oh, you never can tell, you know? Maybe I'm not so big. Yes, you are. I believe that a man's as big as the things that make him mad. Nobody around here has been able to to get you mad. What makes you
5: mad, Mr. Smith? Me? Nothing, nothing. You're a pretty big man yourself, Mr. Smith. The Japanese make you mad, don't
7: they? That's different. After the sneak attack on Pearl Harbor and Bataan... Did Kamako make you mad? It's the same thing. Loyal Japanese-American. Ha! Boy, that's a laugh. They're mad dogs. What about Corregidor, the Death March? What did Kamako have to do with Corregidor? Wasn't he a Jap? I don't like that word. Look, McCready... There's a law in this country against shooting dogs. But when I see a mad dog, I don't wait for him to bite me. (laughs) No, no, I guess not. You know, I swear you're beginning to make me mad. What happened to Kamako? He went away like I told you. Shortly after he left, some kids went out to Dobie Flat, got to fooling around, burned his place down. (laughs) You know, you know how
5: kids are. Look... You see these wildflowers? Hmm? I brought a handful back with me from Doby Flat. They're pretty, yeah? There's something buried out there. Wildflowers like that? That means a grave. I suppose you knew that already. No? Well, I've seen a lot of it myself, overseas. Anyway, I figure the grave at Doby Flat wasn't a human grave because it wasn't marked. <laughs> it's kind of a mystery, there. Isn't it? Kinda.
7: Maybe you can figure it out. Yeah, maybe I can. Well, why don't you give it a whirl? Maybe it'll help you pass what remaining time you have here. No, I've got other things
5: to do. Matter of fact, I'm not interested. Huh? No, not interested.
7: Well, I'll be on my way, I think, McCready.
5: At least that's my story to you, Buster. Hi, uh, c- can I come in? Sure, come right along in. Thanks. You know, I I, I thought to myself, I want to use a phone. Then I thought, who would let me use the phone? Then I came up with the answer. Doc Veeley. seemed like he wasn't quite as worried about me as the others. There it is. Help yourself. It's
2: 424. What? Well, if I got you pegged, and I think I have, you're about to call the state police. But if I was you, and I'm surely glad I'm not... I'd look it up for myself. I wouldn't trust anybody around here.
5: Including me. (laughs) I'll take a chance on you, Doc. Yeah? 424, please. Uh,
1: 424? Yep. Um, the lines are all busy.
5: What?
2: Oh, the line's busy, huh? Yep. Well, they'll be busy for all day for you, my friend. You see, we got a funny phone system here. Everything goes through the switch at the hotel. Pete also acts as the town's operator. Oh, for
5: God's sake. Would you mind not looking at me like that?
2: Like what?
5: Like I'm a potential customer.
2: <laughs> Everybody is. I get them coming and going. You know, McCready... They're going to kill you with no hard feelings. You're going to sit there and let them do it? Don't get waspish with me, young fella. Sorry, I I didn't mean... Yeah, well, I feel for you. But I'm consumed with apathy. Why should I mix in? I don't know. Maybe to save a life. I got enough trouble saving my own. Look, I drink my milk every day. But mostly I try to mind my own business. Which is something I'd advise you to do. It's a little late for that. Ah, oh, no, you can still get out of town, but you'd better get out like a whisper. How? Well, I got sort of a limousine you could have. Oh, thanks, Doc. Where is it? How bad? Come on, I'll take you out there.
5: Can you see what's wrong with it yet? Nope. Seems to be doing everything it should do at the motor. Yeah, but it isn't... It isn't starting. Or she is pretty old.
2: And everything old tends to get a bit cantankerous every now and then. Yeah.
0: Ever trouble with your limousine, Doc? Nothing think you can fix, Coley. Just leave it to us. Well, I was... Uh... Uh, listen to your efforts get it started now, and I, I know a lot about cars. It's uh, probably the wiring. problem. Maybe, maybe it, it uh, could be fixed. Easy. Except maybe if this wire was busted or something. Coley, totally. do the nice things in life, huh?
2: Like keeping your big fat nose out of my business.
0: Oh, well now. Looky, here. Oh no, wasn't that silly of me? I just don't know of my own strength. That's the trouble. Why fancy me pulling out that wiring with that little old tug? Afraid you haven't got a chance of getting out now. <laughs> now, wasn't that just the silliest thing of me to do? <laughs> <sighs>
2: Sorry,
5: but you gotta admit I tried. For that, I thank you. How much time y- you think I've got before... You got at least them, dark. They'd be afraid to see each other's faces. Well, thanks, Doc. I can't say that it's been charming. Where are you going? Well, I don't know. But I'm going
2: on foot. That's no good. You stray ten yards off Main Street and you'll
4: be stone cold dead maybe but maybe but
5: what just maybe but see you later doc
2: yeah well I hope I get to see you
4: Lemonade?
5: I, uh, got plenty. Uh, help yourself. No, thank you. Uh, would you give me a telegram form? I, I want to send a wire. Uh, uh, sure. Thanks. Uh, don't you like lemonade? I, I never thought much about it. There. There, there you are. Send that.
4: Um, uh, please phone me, re-urgent and dangerous situation at... You notify on the state police? That's right. Um, uh, y- you sure don't want some lemonade? Uh, you don't have the muzzle velocity of some other drinks drunk around here, but it's, uh, good for what ails you.
5: What ails you, Mr. Hastings? Me? Why are you so upset about this wire? Who? Me? Uh, upset? Uh, no. Yeah,
4: you! No, I'm not. I- I'm not upset. I... I try to be a good neighbor, Mr. McCready.
5: To Mr. Smith, you are, but what about to Kamako? I never seen Kamako in my life. Honest! All right, then. You'll send that wire and give me the answer when it comes, won't Uh, you? Yes, sir. All right, then. Mr. Hastings, step on it. I'm hungry. Tell me someone who will give me a meal around here.
1: I guess you can get a meal at Sam's place down the road. Sam's place. Right.
6: What do you have?
1: Are you Sam?
5: Who's asking? Nobody. Uh, what do you got? Chili
6: with beans. Anything else? Chili without beans. When you don't like the taste, that's what to make ketchup for.
5: In that case, I'll have it, and a cup of coffee. Whoa, you still around? I thought you didn't like this place. You mean going to or coming from? Staying put. No comment. No
0: comment, he says.
5: No comment all the time he's got my stool. I always seem to be taking somebody's place around here. Here you go. Ah, this stool ain't comfortable. I was afraid of that. I think I'd like the one you're on. He's as changeable as a prairie fire. Suppose you tell me where to sit. (laughs) Oh, say, you like ketchup? (laughs) I hope this ain't too much. (laughs) Your friend's a very argumentative fellow. Sort of unpredictable, too. Got a temper like a
7: rattlesnake. That's me, all over.
0: I'm half horse, half alligator. Mess with me, I'll kick a lung out of you. What do you think about that?
5: No comment.
0: <laughs> you know, talking to you is like pulling teeth. You, you wear me out. <laughs> yeah, you're a yellow belly, Jap lover.
5: Am I right or wrong? You're not only wrong, you're wrong at the top of your voice. You don't like my voice. I think your friend's trying to start trouble. Now, why ever would he want to do that? I don't know. Maybe he figures, needle me enough and I'll crack. Maybe I'll even fight back. Then he or your other apes sitting over there could beat me to death and cop a plea of (laughs) self-defense. I don't think that'll
7: be necessary. You're so scared now you'll probably drown in your own sweat. Before
0: that happens... Couldn't I pick a fight with you till like, I tie if I I couldn't pick a fight with you
5: if I tied one hand behind me. Thanks for a pleasant lunch. Uh-huh.
0: Hey, wait a minute.
5: Get your hands off me. If I tied both hands? Yeah! Oh, <laughs> so,
0: Judo! <laughs> okay, that's the way you fight judo, yeah? I, I might have known some dirty Jap lover would fight like that. Look,
5: I don't like any sort of fighting, Coley, but it seems I'm forced into protecting myself. Jap lover! I can make you sick and sore if you keep on with this. Uh, Coming back for more?
8: Uh, what? Yeah! Oh! Oh!
7: Damn, go get the doc. Somebody's going to be hurt here.
5: Uh, yeah. Now, the next one is going to hurt more, Coley, and the next one more than that, and so on. I'll kill you. No, you, you won't, because oh. you're never going to get close enough, Coley. Anybody dies here today, it's going to be you. Now, I'm giving you a chance. If you force me to go all the way, it just takes my hand hitting you a certain way, and you'll never wake up again. So, help me,
8: I'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Now, you want, still want some more, Coley? He doesn't want more. Or you, Smith! You've been standing here watching all this time. Well, how about you? You're still in trouble, McCready. Oh no, you're in trouble. Whatever happens, you're sunk. You got things a bit twisted. You killed Kamako, and sooner or later, you'll go up for it. Not because you killed him. I, th- I think in a little town like this, you can get away with it. But you're gonna go up because you didn't have the guts to do it alone. You put your trust in guys like this Coley slob and, and Pete. Oh, Pete, not the most dependable of God's creatures. You know, what, what are these days they're gonna catch on that you've been playing them for saps? Then, what do you do, huh? Peel them off one by one, huh? And in the meantime, one of them's going to crack. And when they do, you'll go down hard because they've got something on you, Smith. Something to use when the going gets tough. And it's getting tougher every minute.
2: Well, I've got good news for you. Your friend Coley's gonna live.
5: Yeah, I'm very happy to hear it. Well, you just gonna sit here and let time run out? I'm waiting for a wire from the state
2: cops. You sent it through Hastings? Uh, Just don't expect an answer. That's the way you sent it.
4: Mr. Smith? I've been uh, trying to think about what to do. Uh, here, read it. A wire he wanted me to send, uh, McCready.
7: Please phone me regarding- May I uh,
5: Well, where's the answer to this? You expect
7: an answer to a wire that was never sent?
5: <laughs> What's so funny? <laughs> just had a thought, a thought dazzling in his purity. You're in a jam, Hastings. You gave my telegram to Smith. You little war That's a federal offense. Oh, Doc is so right. Like I said, Smith is getting tougher and tougher. Oh, oh, I see. We have our sheriff with us now. When did you sneak in, Sheriff?
8: Just after the doc got here. Well, you'd better come into the picture and do your duty, huh? Yeah. Yeah, seems like. Uh, he's right, Mr. Smith. You're not supposed to do Don't that.
7: be a fool, Tim.
8: Divulging information. There's a law that says you're not supposed to... Tim, you're pathetic. Shut up. Okay, well, maybe I'm pathetic, but I'm still sheriff.
7: That's the point. You're not sheriff anymore. Huh? Your badge. Here, Pete, you come over and put this on. You're sheriff now.
1: Uh, but, uh, Mr. Smith. Put it on! What? Yeah, okay.
7: Now, I'll take this. <sighs> well, now there's no evidence, right? No evidence, no case, and you didn't see a thing now, did you, Sheriff?
1: Uh, no, not a thing.
7: <laughs>
1: well, now get
7: on your feet, Coley, and come on, boys. We've spent enough time here for the moment.
5: Why aren't you... Going with your big boss, Pete?
1: I can't wear this star. I can't wear it. I... I... I'm sorry. I should be more... Oh, I don't know what to do.
5: Well, I know what your trouble is, Sonny. You'd like me to die quickly, wouldn't you? Without wasting too much of your time. (coughs) Folks need drinks now. You'll need a lot of that to wash out your guts.
1: <coughs> now look. Why'd you come here, Mr. McCready? Will you tell me, please? I'll go crazy if I... Now please, will you tell me? Oh,
5: sure, sure. I'll tell you now. I came here to find Kamako. You see, Kamako had a son.
1: Son? Didn't never know that. No one around here's ever heard of him having a son.
5: He was a boy named Joe. Joe is dead now. He's buried in Italy. Oh. Joe Kamako died saving my life.
1: Huh. He
5: was awarded a medal for that service. See that? Here it is. It's an important medal, and I came here to give it to his old man.
1: And that's all?
5: Yeah. That was all I had in mind to do when I got off the train. But now... Pete, I think you got a story to tell
2: Mr. McCready now. Uh, uh um... Okay, then I'll tell it. Smith owned Doby Flats and leased it to Kamako. He figured he'd cheated Kamako because he got to have water to raise anything. There was never any water on Doby Flat, But Kamako dug a well by hand. He must have gone down a hundred and fifty feet. He got plenty of water.
1: And, and that made Smith sore. He, uh... Well, he got to hate all Japs. Uh, I mean... Japanese. A day after Pearl Harbor, Smith tried to enlist I've heard and... all about that. Oh. Well, when he came back here, he was as sore as hell.
2: That's an understatement.
1: Yeah. Started drinking with Coley, Hastings, and me. We drank all day. Got drunk patriotic drunk. Hmm. Uh, We wanted to go out and scare up Kamako a bit, have some fun. But when we got out there, Kamako heard us coming and and, he locked the door. Then Smith started a fire and Kamako, he came running out. His clothes were all burned. Then Smith shot him. I didn't even know he had a gun.
5: Then you got scared and buried him and kept your mouths shut.
1: Um, yeah. I see.
5: Well, you go ahead and drink that whole bottle, boy, because you're gonna need it now.
3: Now here, waiting for the bullet.
5: Oh, well, I was working out what to do next, Miss Worth.
3: I'll tell you. Get in. What? I'll get you out of town.
5: Well, now what have we here?
3: Hurry up before anyone comes along.
5: Okay. What made you change your mind about helping me?
3: When you left the hotel after Doc and Steve had told you everything. Pete called me. He explained everything to me. Said I had to help you get out. I'm helping you.
4: Well, well. Huh.
3: If only we realized before. Yeah. Oh, hang on to that bottle, will you? Don't let it roll around. It's spare gas. Only thing I could find in my hurry to get to you and get you on your way out of town. I get it. It was a sad business, the Kamako affair.
5: Don't know just how sad yet, but I imagine some people in this town are going to be very sad about it. What's this? Where are we
3: stopping here for? I gotta... I gotta put some water in the radiator. Smitty, all right.
5: Why, you miserable little trickster.
3: Stop firing till I get up there with you, Smitty.
7: All right, McCready. your turn next. Come out from behind the
5: jeep. I'm a witness to the fact that you shot her down, Smith. Yeah, I know. That's why she was shot down,
7: so she couldn't be a witness to my shooting you. <laughs> the only one who's gonna be alive around here tonight is me. Come on out, McCready. I know you haven't got a gun, so come on out. We'll get it over with quickly, huh? Um, uh, the,
5: the bottle of gas, the bottle of gas. Uh, necktie. Ooh. All right, then, McCready. I'll come down and get you. Smith! Hey, Smith! Did you ever hear of a Molotov cocktail? Ah, uh, I got no time to play games. Oh, I'm not playing games, boy. No, I'm not playing. You know what a Molotov cocktail is. We used them in the war. You know, a bo- bottle of gasoline and a wick in it? You light the wick and throw it. And boom, it's a potent weapon, man, I'll tell you. I just made myself one, in case you'd like to know. How'd you like to come closer and sample it?
7: You don't scare me, McCready. If you're a praying man, you start him up. This is a praying
5: time for you. I just lit the wick, Smith. Come any closer,
7: and you're gonna get it. Come on out of there.
5: I'm sorry about this, but it's gotta be this way.
8: No. Mm-hmm. What's all the excitement around here, mister? Cops and all these guys being put into the paddy wagon. Oh, there's been a bit of
5: trouble here today. Woman shot, a guy burned to death, things like that. Gee,
8: I thought it must have been something pretty important. Do you know this is the first time the Streamliner stopped here in four years?
5: No. The second.
0: our caltex play bad day at black rock in a moment we'll introduce our cast and tell you about next week's production in the caltex theater ladies and gentlemen the producer of tonight's caltex play Kresik
7: jenkinson thank you Bad Day at Black Rock was presented tonight by courtesy of Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer Proprietary Limited and adapted for radio by John Crane. In the starring role, you heard Joe McCormick as McCready. (laughs) In the supporting cast, Coley was played by Ken Wayne, Doc by Wayne Paulson, Pete by Louis Fiander. The Sheriff by Owen Weingott, Hastings by Ozzy Wenland, Liz by Elaine Montgomery, and in the role of Reno Smith, you heard Harp Maguire.
0: Thank you, Mr. Jenkinson. Next week on the Caltex Theatre, we will hear a play called England Expects. Now... This is your compere, Rick Hutton, bidding you all good night on behalf of your hosts, Caltex Oil, marketers of Caltex gasoline and super gasoline. The world famous RPM, 1030 Special Motor Oil, and Marfac Lubrication.
6: That's our show for today. We do these recreations just for the love of it. So if you love what we do, share the love by sharing them with others. And let us know what you think of them. Until next time, thanks for listening.
5: Yeah, what is flooding?
0: Well, Wow, we lost less.
5: <laughs> Earthquakes now.
0: <laughs> oh and my just, God. California
1: you is worse than I thought. Call. California, California is hell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay now. Look at that <laughs> face. It's so big. <laughs>
0: Microphone fell in his lap. Thanks so very much to the Project Audion troupe and Larry Groby for another fantastic performance on the Sonic Summerstock stage. Please enjoy the conveniences and the refreshments in the lobby as we prepare for our Act Two performance.
7: Sonic Summerstock Playhouse is on the air. Exclusively on Mutual, the Summerstock Playhouse is an annual celebration of old-time radio remakes by modern-day audio drama producers, each putting their own special spin on a classic program. Don't miss a single episode, Sundays in July and August, only on Mutual. Better living through audio.